0: Welcome to Boca, a podcast exploring the ever blurring lines between the personal and business lives of professional photographers. This is your host, Nathan Holritz, and I'm excited to have you join me in connecting with photographers and entrepreneurs in the photography industry as we dive into real conversation about photography, business, and that sometimes messy thing we call life. This podcast is brought to you by Photographer's Edit, custom post production for the wedding and portrait photographer. Visit photographersedit.com. And now let's dive into conversation. All right, so I am excited to well with our listeners get to know my new friends Yannick and Sasha, and you said Vajo, is that is that correct? That is correct. We we were kind of reviewing pronunciation of names here before we got started, but I am really excited to have you guys on. And one of the reasons that I'm just naturally excited to interview you, to talk with you, have conversation and dive into all kinds of different things uh, is because you both just kind of exude this natural passion about you. Where does that come from?
1: I th- I don't know. I think it's just uh how we interact with each other and it's just we have, you know, besides being married, we're just like best friends.
2: And I I think like we're just so happy with what we do. Like We actually love our work, and it brings us so much happiness, and it gives us an extreme amount of energy, whether we have coffee or not.
0: <laughs> and you mentioned before we started that, that you just had some coffee. I'm buzzing from coffee, too, so this is going to be a really great conversation. Um, and I want to get to know you a little bit, as I mentioned, along with our listeners and about your business here in just a second, but I want to kind of start off with a bang. Let's, let's give our listeners some, some value to begin with. Uh, what would you say is the simplest advice that's made the biggest
1: difference in your photography business? So I, I think that you know, the the biggest change that we implemented a few years ago is when we started to um, offer our products, or so like prints and albums, more of a as a service and not just as a product. Um, so we were not so we stopped selling the albums of just the albums uh, being something that's printed, but it's more about uh, the way we create the photos, how we edit them, and just whole, um, I guess, feelings around the, you know, the having an album or having a finer, finer print, and that, you know, that really changed for us how uh, our clients started to buy those things from us and how much they appreciated those appreciated those finer prints.
0: Interesting. So you said there was a, a transition though, so it was kind of a shift in mentality. What did that transition look like? What did you do before? And then, what did you do
1: after? Um, so before is our finer prints and the albums, um, especially with the albums, we didn't do that much editing on those photos. So we basically, whatever the clients would receive on the uh, on the USB drive as proofs, that's, those would be the type of photos or editing that we will put in the album. Uh, So they they really didn't see much difference in terms of the the version of the photo between what they received and what uh, they saw in the in the album. And then, you know, the same kind of applies to the prints Uh, It's just, you know, we just basically printed for them the photos that they received before. Now, with the shift, we added additional level of editing and kind of like our artistic style to the to the album editing to the photos that are included in those uh, in those albums and also in the finite prints. That makes
0: sense. Okay, so you, you extended, your products are really just an extension of your service, and you upped that level of service by adding some customization. I, I love that. I think that's a great tip to start our listeners off with, so thank you for that. Um, tell us a little bit about each
1: of you, where, where you're from, and where you're currently based, first of all. Uh, sure. So um, my name is Janek, and I am uh, originally from Poland, from Warsaw, uh, but I've lived in the U.S. for 24 years now. And we are currently based in San Diego, uh, but we are serving both markets, uh, Chicago, the Midwest and the Southern California.
2: And my name is Sasha. Um, I am originally from Ukraine. And it's interesting because Yannick and I actually came to the United States uh, in the same year. But we have quite an age difference, so I don't think at that time Yannick was really into like those glow glowing gym shoes. So we never <laughs> met. <laughs> That's a great way to put it. And on your website,
0: you talk about the fact that you met on a was it a sailing trip? Is that right?
2: Yeah, we met sailing. My friend um, dragged me out as her wing woman, and I ended up meeting Yannick, and we talked the whole time, and we hit it off from there. And actually, our first dates were me assisting Yannick at weddings.
0: (laughs) Wow. And, And I bet you get to know each other pretty quickly in that kind of work scenario where it can be potentially be high stress, right?
1: Yeah, we just didn't want to, like, you know, because when I met Sasha, I was already photographing weddings, so I didn't want to meet. I mean, I missed the weekends not seeing her, so I was like, hey, why don't you just tag along and just you can always, you know, help. I mean, um, help me with the lights and and help them, and uh, it's just how we started our dates. We're basically, we're uh, photographing weddings together,
2: and and that's how. My spouse position was born for many years. I was a sexy voice activated light stand for Yannick.
0: <laughs> I love that. I love that explanation. So how long? Well, actually, you know what? We'll, we'll get into this here in just a little bit. I'm really curious, though. Just I want to get to know you guys a little bit better. You're, you're a multicultural couple, and I know that you both enjoy, to, enjoy traveling a lot. What would you say is your favorite
2: food? okay so my favorite food my biggest weakness is gummy bears i love gummy bears like every time we go on the road we're on the airplane the first thing i need is a good bag of fresh gummy bears
0: that's so of all the different types of food that you've had all over the world gummy bears that's your go-to that's hilarious okay do do you like just like the traditional classic gummy bears or do you like the sour gummy bears what's what's your favorite
2: yeah, that's a great question. I definitely go for the sour gummy bears, okay. but I recently found a recipe online where you can make your own gummy bears. So I'm definitely going to try that and I'll see which one I like okay. more. Now
0: this is interesting. Okay. So you're going to actually, <laughs> speaking of customization, are you going to like deliver these as gifts to clients too? custom gummy bears? Yeah, that's a great idea. I <laughs> yeah. think a great idea. <laughs> yeah. All right, Yannick, edible. what's your, what's your favorite food?
1: I think for me it's a, it's really a split between uh good sushi and Ben and & Jerry ice cream. So uh. I I know it's a, we're pretty re- weird but yeah, I think not at <laughs> I, all. I, I, didn't, I couldn't really choose which
0: one. Yeah, fair enough. I I and I can actually relate on on that in that regard. I actually grew up in Japan and so I have a taste for sushi and I'm kind of always on the the lookout for good sushi and it's hard to find it. I mean, I live in a pretty small town and uh even as much as I travel it's hard to find a really authentic Japanese sushi restaurant. Occasionally I get lucky, but uh, I can absolutely empathize with, with the sushi there. That's, and, and well, for that matter, ice cream and gummy bears. I like all of it. <laughs> <laughs> so t- let's go back to photography. And you mentioned, um, Sasha, you talked about being the, the sexy voice activated light stand uh, for the photography business. But Yannick, you already had an established business. So how did you get into photography? And Sasha, what made you want to come on board?
1: So I, you know, I really like uh, from early years in my life, I was always interested in photography. I received my first uh, camera for my uh, first communion. Um, It was like an old uh, Russian film camera, really crappy one. But, you know, I was always fascinated, you know, to uh, to create those photos and then develop them. Uh, So that that kind of adventure started, you know, for me pretty early when I was like, uh, I think, eight um and then I started uh the business uh the, the photography business 10 years ago uh so that's, that's and then we've been together how many years now six yeah so so when I met Sasha I already had the business for four years uh so that's that's how Vasha Photography started did you do something differently as, as far as your profession was concerned before
0: getting into photography and what what kind of pushed that or created that transition
1: yeah, actually, I I've I went to business school for my uh, for my undergrad and grad school, and I've worked in the IT consulting world for 12 years uh, while
2: running the business while
1: running the business. Wow! Uh, and yeah, and I just became full-time photographer uh, just last year. Oh no way! So this is yeah. really fresh.
0: Okay, that's really yeah, interesting. Yeah. All right. So Sasha, tell me. I, kn- I know that you were just because of the relationship, you were exposed to the world of photography and running a photography business, but what made you want to jump on board?
2: Yeah, so um, when I started to be Yannick's assistant, eventually to help him with the workload, I started to call his images and then slowly work on social media and blogs. And when I was calling the images, I always noticed like that the guy photos, like the groom getting ready, there was never enough photos because Yannick always photographs the bride and the second photographer always goes with the groom. Oh, okay. So eventually, I just told Yannick, I know that I... I know your style I know what you're looking for I can give you great variety just give me a chance to be your second shooter and I will deliver so I started to practice more and I started to do more studio work and uh, yeah so I think a year or two ago Yannick finally let me be his second shooter and then while being a second shooter and photographing groom portraits I really fell in love with just taking portraits of men and women so, I started to do more in studio work of like por- taking portraits yeah. okay
0: yeah. so th- this is an interesting point of conversation for me because I actually photographed with my partner for a number of years, and um, i I have to be honest i mean it was it was a point or uh, created tension in our relationship at times because of the stress that came from photographing, especially weddings. Um, we were photographing weddings together is that? Is that ever an issue for issue for you guys? And if so, how do you work through that?
1: Yeah, we, we sometimes have those stressful moments, but I think it's kind of similar to, you know, what our uh, relationship and, and marriage is, that we forget what we even, like, argue about really fast. Yes. And, you know, we make up really, I mean, our arguments don't last more than a couple of hours ever. And on the wedding day, it's even shorter. I mean, it's literally, like, maybe five, ten minutes maximum. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, it's for us, it's much more important that we deliver the best photography and being like uh, met at each other or like, you know, in some argument, it doesn't serve our clients. So we have to we finish the, those really fast.
2: And I think Yannick pays the most for like any wedding drama. Like, I guess during the night, because after each wedding, I have like a wedding nightmare that the bride and groom is in our room. So I am, (laughs) after every wedding, I am waking up Yannick to take the final shot.
1: Oh, no. (laughs) Yeah.
2: That's when we suffer the most.
1: Oh, my word. (laughs) This happens after each wedding. This is so
0: true. Really? Wow. So you're, Sasha, it's probably just because you're taking on, uh, I guess that the weight of that wedding, the, the, the significance of the role that you're playing in that wedding days, do you think that's what it is? or
1: Well, Sasha, Sasha in general, she's like the time Nazi on the wedding day. Okay. I, you know, I, I lose control of time. Sasha always controls, you know, what we need to do next, where we need to be next. So she always controls, you know, for me to move on to the next, to the next either location or the next thing. So I think those dreams must be that, you know, She's always controlling. Like, like, Yana, she wakes me up. It's like, Yannick, Yannick, we need to go. <laughs> we need to photograph.
0: No way. That's so funny. <laughs> wow. Wow. Well, if, if nothing else, it at least speaks to the commitment um, that, that you have to, <laughs> to your client, Sasha. That's amazing. Wow. Well, talk to me a little bit about the photography business itself. When you have the opportunity to essentially share your, your elevator pitch to whether it be the local wedding industry or a potential client or otherwise, what is that elevator pitch for you? What is your brand position, or how do you differentiate? Especially in San Diego, my goodness, which is I'm, I'm sure a very saturated market. How do you differentiate yourselves in your photography business?
1: Yeah, so so actually we have um, two sister brands. Uh, so because we decided not to confuse uh, our clients what we do, so we have uh, Vasha Photography and then Vasha Faces. Vasha Photography is uh, the primary goal is to photograph um, anything related to wedding. so that includes weddings and engagements and maybe some post wedding sessions. Uh, so that's our uh, wedding business uh, and then our second business Vasha faces, though uh, that business uh, specifically was created to create portraits and headshots and occasionally uh, some corporate events.
2: And and this Vashio faces started with us having an idea to do free portrait photography on the streets of Manhattan. And we loved it so much that we're like, we can do this on a daily basis, like take nice portraits and headshots of people.
0: Wow. So tell me about this project on on the streets of Manhattan because that sounds fascinating.
1: Yeah. So we we came up with this idea that, um, you know, just to uh, do something different, that we wanted to do portraits on the street, but just not like photojournalistic portraits. We just uh, set up a background. Uh, we put our studio lights on a, on the street of Manhattan. You know, uh, when we were visiting our friends, we called the uh, the New York office, the the city office, uh, to see whether we need any permit. But they said that because it's art and there's no money involved, uh, you know, there we don't we didn't need any permits. So How we interesting. just interesting. So we just set up the the, the kind of portable studio outside, uh, just outside the uh, Central Park, right in front of the the Apple Store, and we just started to photograph people. Whoever wanted the portraits, we would do a free portrait. They would they just have to tell us their story, what they're doing in New York, and we offer. I mean, we were raising money for um for a charity for a children uh, children charity, but this was just optional for people if they wanted to donate or not. Our idea was, uh, you know, to create this kind of happening. Uh, on the street, related to photography, and then we put we put together a video that we actually posted on YouTube. Then um, it was pretty successful, and then that's that's how, how you know what Sasha said that the whole idea about creating a separate brand came out to life.
2: But we like uh, during, doing those street portraits. It gave us this high because some people they never had like professional portraits taken of oh, themselves, right. and. When they saw the the in-camera photo, not even post-process, they were just like, I can't believe that that's me. And that's the greatest feeling when you can show how the person looks, like the way we see them.
0: Yeah, what an incredible gift to be able to just say, here you go. Here's a portrait of you. Uh, and probably in many cases, these individuals have not had professional photos done of themselves or at least not good professional photos Uh, Created of themselves and to be able to give that to them as a gift and then as an additional benefit to raise uh, money for a charity is absolutely wonderful. But I really love the differentiation that you've created by having two separate brands. And I think this is really important because uh, it's easy these days and all the noise that's out there, especially online, uh, for people to kind of lose the significance of what your brand might represent. And if you're just simply a photography business, I mean, Again, as I alluded to earlier, if you have a relationship with, let's say, a wedding coordinator and they know who you are, they can speak to that. They have an opportunity to be able to you know, take five minutes and explain who uh, Vaggio Photography is. That's one thing. But we don't, at many times, especially our potential clients, uh, don't have five minutes. They have five seconds or they have ten seconds. And if you don't have a really clear brand position that represents a particular ideal, or in this case, a particular style of photography, then it makes reaching that potential client more difficult or more complicated. And uh, so the fact that you've made that proactive effort to create two separate brands that represent two different types of photography... And two different ideals, I think, is a really beautiful example for our listeners. And uh, we'll make sure to, to link to both sites uh, in the show notes of the podcast and our blog. So I appreciate you sharing that. Now, you alluded earlier to the fact that you work both in the Chicago market and, and in San Diego. San Diego is where you're based now. But you just recently made a move from Chicago, incredible market. I can only imagine how wonderfully you did there, to a brand new market and that, that's a really, really big move. And so I really wanted to, today, I wanted to kind of dive into what you guys did to enable a successful move. It's one thing to say, hey, you know what, I'm going to take my photography business and go to a different market. I'm going to have to start over. And I think a lot of photographers would be at a loss as to how to go about that process. But I want to get two or three things uh, Suggestions, recommendations, advice from you all based on your experience, things that you did that other photographers who are looking at that move that they could implement in their move and in their business.
2: Definitely. So we just moved to San Diego three months ago. And let me just tell you, we started to plan everything long before the move. And w- one of the recommendations is to prepare a plan of action leading to the move. I think and, we
1: like planned it for like a year and a half, right? Okay.
2: Yeah, yeah. That's and amazing. The- yeah.
1: And you know, and, and I have to interject
0: here. That's, that's particularly amazing in the context of our industry. And, and I'm part of this so-called industry uh, and I'm guilty of kind of doing things on a whim. But the importance of actually taking the time, when, when we're talking about a business that is our livelihood, taking the time to actually plan a course of action is so important. So this is a wonderful example already for our listeners.
2: Yes. And um, so one of the things that we did um, back in September for Labor Day weekend, we scheduled a time to build our new location portfolio. So we wanted to offer sessions in like the areas like La Jolla Beach, San Diego, um, Sunset Cliffs, just places that we knew that we can use the photos to use on social media and use all the appropriate tagging for it. So we created a promo video that we posted on Facebook to offer free sessions to engaged couples. And we booked 14 sessions. So we shot 14 sessions in three days for free. Wow.
0: And how, and how long does an average session or did
1: those sessions last? It uh, was uh, an hour each.
2: Yeah, an hour to two hours wow. depending. Okay. Yeah. Well,
1: yeah, we started, we were starting like at shooting at 6 a.m. and we were shooting till sunset. So till like 7 or 8 p.m. That's that's. You know, for three days. but wow.
2: it was it was so worth it for us because even before we moved to San Diego, we could already post photos of things that, pictures of um, places in San Diego. And actually, we booked three sessions, right three weddings. Three, three weddings from those three sessions. And then also because of these photos that we were posting on Instagram, one couple found us on Instagram because of those tags before we were even out here. Yeah. So that was really helpful.
0: And I'm going to make sure that we link to that promotional video. You all sent me a link to that. Oh uh, my gosh. <laughs> no. And and I, and I think it's great. It, and your, your transparency um, in, and even in that video and in, and in, in this conversation for that matter is, is really wonderful and I'm sure is extremely endearing to, uh, to the clients, potential clients. But The fact that again you very proactively created a a plan of attack if you will and created this promotional video took the time then to offer and and this is a it's a very common concept i'm not sure that it's actively practiced enough particularly in our industry but the idea of offering something at no cost uh, for the sake of adding value that ultimately had benefit for your business and that, as you said, you were able to actually share, begin to post images from that location that you're moving to, not only on your website, but also on Instagram. Uh, This is a really great strategy.
1: The the free set, you know, a lot of, you know, we hear a lot in our our industry not to offer anything for free, uh, but I think when the, you know, the benefits are mutual, I think sometimes it makes sense. And I think, you know, we decided here that it makes total sense because we benefited from those sessions as much as those people that we photographed. Uh, so that's why, you know, we decided to, you know, to do it that way. And, you know, as Sasha mentioned, we built a portfolio, you know, um, for the new location, which allowed us to build the SEO on our website because we posted a new blog post about each session. So automatically we had 14 blog posts uh, related to the Southern California locations from our sessions. Fascinating. You know, so that's so that's we you know we started to do um, our site, Instagram, Pinterest, uh, Facebook. You know, we we use all the hashtags. You know, so that you know we started to get traction on uh, related to to Southern California because we were well established in Midwest, but yeah, we were totally new to Southern California.
0: And and again, you're coming into a market that's heavily saturated with photographers, so you've got major competition to begin with. But how beautiful and and this this proactive effort that you established in your business long before you actually moved out there how that translated then to business i think it's just it's beautiful can you give us something else
1: what's something else that you did yeah absolutely so beside you know beside uh, doing the sessions you know we we didn't want to wait till we move here to start to reach out to various vendors uh so we reached out to uh, very uh, many wedding planners that we liked before we moved here and we just didn't want to like contact them and say, hey, you know, we would love to, you know, get business from you or just exchange business, et cetera. So we um, came up with this idea that we wanted to feature uh, those wedding planners that we like the most on our blog. Um, and we basically reach out to those uh, to those planners and say, you know what, if you're interested, we would love to have you feature on our blog. And, you know, here are some few questions if you have the time to answer them. Uh, and that's that's how it started that the whole series of uh, about wedding planners in it's, southern it's called California
2: top San Diego wedding planners yeah and so after the wedding planner fills out the questionnaire we invite them to our studio and we take their portrait and Head then headshot, yeah. yeah portrait headshot and then we include that in the blog along with their interview so Brilliant. it's not it's not that we are asking something of them we are giving them Uh, the feature and the photo. And then we, this gives us a chance to talk in person and see how we can help one another.
0: That's, that's okay. So how did, how did these wedding planners respond? Because I know that they have to, again, especially in the San Diego area, they have to be a little bit on edge and wary of more photographers coming into the market and trying to some way establish a
1: relationship with them. How did they respond to this effort? I think some of them, you know, as as any population, some of them just ignored it and never responded to us, uh, and then few good ones responded. They were happy. I think, you know, some we want to be connected with the people that are equally. Uh, excited about what we do and, and emotional about you know the the industry we're in so if somebody you know thinks that this is not a good fit and you know this kind of opportunity doesn't fit them i mean that's fine not to be you know not to be featured on our blog but those that those people that responded uh, we absolutely love, love every person that you know we interacted with and we're still friends with them and it's just build our network and build their network as well
2: and that actually gave us like credibility when one of like the top wedding planners in San Diego responded and she was interested to be featured on our blog. So, um when other wedding planners would respond, they would say, "Hey, we saw that this wedding planner was featured on your blog. Yes, we would love to be featured on your <laughs> Interesting. blog."
0: Interesting. Okay. So uh, there's kind of the keeping up with the Joneses thing going on there, but but I also love the fact that you um uh, th- that you made the effort to also add value. Um, So you're yes, you're reaching out, you're beginning to establish a genuine relationship with these planners, you're adding value to them by giving them exposure through your website, but even better, you're giving them headshots, which I think is really great. And it's funny, this is an example that I've given to so many photographers before when we talk about how to spend your time in a, again, a proactive manner, as opposed to just kind of being reactive and hoping for business. Um, Going out there looking for business, one of the most effective ways to do so is to create value. And so if you want to establish a working relationship with a wedding vendor or wedding coordinator in this particular case, which I think is probably the most valuable relationship Uh, for a wedding photography business, you're not just looking to establish a relationship and hope to get business from it. You're actually adding value from the get go. And I think that's a wonderful example for our listeners. And again, I can, I can imagine why this then translated to business. Now you've been in the market there two to three months. Uh, Are there, are there established kind of networking, local networking meetings for the wedding industry that you get to then see these planners at? And are they introducing you to other people in the
1: industry? Uh, yeah, so we are, um, what's it called? The second, uh, no, what's the name? Tuesdays of- Together. Tuesdays Together. I never yeah, remember uh-huh. the name. Yeah, so we're part of that group. Uh, and then we also part of the Chamber of Commerce here in San Diego. Uh, so we meet people there as well. Um, and But, you know, besides, you know, like being inter you know interacting with the wedding industry what we also did very early when we moved here we came out this we thought first it was just a crazy idea but you know i got this idea from our friend gary hughes who is a headshot photographer and wedding photographer in florida to uh create a headshot party uh so you know we love we love sangria so we decided you know (laughs) what we're gonna make plenty of sangria yeah and we're just going to invite everybody in our building. In our That's building,
2: 84 units.
1: And 84 units in our building. Um, and we decided, you know what? We're going to throw a sangria headshot party. Uh, and basically, we do free sangria and free headshot for everybody that is in our building. Wow. And our building is like a live workspace. So there's like some people that live here and work. They okay. have some creative businesses. And there are also some businesses here. So we thought, you know what? Um, we learn about this rule about dominating a market that you know you don't have to dominate the whole market but you can if you have a good relationship with the square root of that population, then you basically have a major position in that in in that population. and so we said so we said like okay we have 86 units here so it's about you know uh, you know 81, 86. so we said square root is nine. So we decided we need to have close relationship with at least nine people or nine units here or nine families. How and this way, and this way, we can be, you know, have a kind of a good position within our building. You know, this is, as a start.
2: And it definitely was a great success because because sangria. We hoping- <laughs> Everybody loved the sangria. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. In that party, we we met some connectors. So, um, the, the director of the gas lamp quarter lives here and he was blown away by our work. And so now we teamed up with him to be the official photographers for the gas lamp quarter. So any events that are going on, we basically are there to document it and meet new people.
0: And that's a, that's a Big, big opportunity, especially considering you just moved into the market. That's, that's re- amazing. But here again, you're adding value. And there is such significance to that effort. Uh, Yannick, you spoke earlier to this notion of giving something away for free. We can sum it up again with the idea, the concept of adding value. And I think our listeners can take a lot away from that. If they can figure out effective ways to creative ways, uh, and ideally throwing in some sangria with it, to, to, um, <laughs> to add value to the local market whether it's headshots or quick family portrait sessions, or maybe as, as you all did offer free engagement sessions to establish a presence, to develop a portfolio and build some relationships. I, what, what a more, I, I can't imagine really a more effective way and successful way of moving into a market. This is really beautiful. So just to kind of recap what we talked about for our listeners, first of all, you created a portfolio by reaching out and offering free engagement sessions so that you had both images for your website. You were able to post those images from San Diego to Instagram. And this gave you the beginnings of a platform to market your business to that local market. And then you came in and created an opportunity for the locals to come in and get headshots done, both individually wedding planners so that you could post their profiles to your blog and share about their business. But then also through this uh, sangria party there in that local Uh, living and working space and added value so these are three really practical ways that photographers if they're looking to move into a market or for that matter even if they're staying in their market and they're looking to build their business i think these are really effective ways that they can add value to the market establish a presence with their brand and ultimately build their business i think it's really beautiful is there anything
1: else that you want to add to to that topic I think you know the 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 main ideas is when when we are planning the move, and you know one of the reasons why we wanted to have that much lead time uh, before our move is to save money uh, or have some extra money that we because we knew that the first few months we are, we assumed the first six months we would not be profitable here, so we knew like the first month or two we don't need to make money we just need to build a network. So we we basically spent, I would say eighty percent of our time. Uh, building the network here, uh, and it actually it it paid off much much faster than what we expected because the first month obviously we were not you know profitable, but only on the, in the in the second month we actually turn profitable just because we build the network here. Uh, so it kind of, it, it, it got traction much faster than what we, you know, like expected in, a, in, in our wildest dreams. Well, and, and, but I can't help
0: but imagine
1: too, though, that the
0: fact that you were actually planning in advance, I mean, it's one thing for a photographer to set some money aside, knowing that they're moving into a different market, they may not have as much business at first, but then wait to get to the market and try to begin to build their business. You thought way in advance. And you created opportunities for yourself by developing relationships and, again, adding value to those relationships or potential relationships. And I I can't help but imagine that that actually gave you a significant platform as well to be profitable immediately. And and even the networking, you were able to to develop a network very, very quickly because you began that far in advance. And uh, I think this is really, really valuable advice for our listeners uh, and I can't thank you enough for sharing that. And um, certainly, I'm so excited for your your immediate success there. And I wish you the the continued success there in that market. Um, I can imagine that you're going to see wonderful, wonderful opportunity. Now, I wanted to kind of shift the direction just a little bit in our conversation. And um, you know, one of the the biggest benefits of owning a photography business is. The freedom, the flexibility that at least that we can have. Not everybody cr- proactively creates that opportunity, and so one of the things that I like to to find out from those that come on the Book of Podcast is what they're doing to create that opportunity. How do you? Let's let's talk about two things: both what you enjoy doing with your free time, but then let's also talk about what you do to create that free time.
1: Yeah. So I, our two passions, you know, like what we mentioned before, we met sailing, and we still love sailing. Uh, I mean, we met sailing on uh, on Lake Michigan um, because this was the lake, you know, in Chicago that we had close by and it was pretty, pretty big. So yeah. there was plenty of sailing opportunity there. We haven't sailed here yet in, uh, in Southern California. We got invited by one of our uh, couples here that we photographed the wedding uh, to go sailing. But this was the one weekend in San Diego where there was some storm coming from the north. So we had to cancel, but we still have it, you know, we still have it planned. Uh, so we definitely, you know, have some good sailing time planned ahead of us. And then our second passions are motorcycles. So uh, we both ride uh, BMW bikes. And, you know, we don't ride so much within the city. We are not like the urban motorcycle commuters. We're more on the long trip adventure. Yes. Uh, you know, uh, kind of uh, trips. So we go, uh, we went as far as like from Chicago to Montana and back, you know, in wow. uh, Southern California.
2: Rain or
1: shine. Yeah, rain or shine. Uh, we went on a trip around Lake Superior. Uh, so this, yeah, we did some amazing trips on the motorcycles and we just enjoy being even while riding to be outdoor. Uh, so, you know, there's kind of a combination of us loving to hike and, and also the road trip. So it's like a, you know, this motorcycle is just like a perfect combination for us.
0: Well, and it's, it, it's hard to beat that fresh air hitting your face or hitting your body and, <laughs> and moving at speed. Um, I, one of the reasons I have to admit selfishly, one of the reasons that I was so giddy about having you guys on the Boca podcast is because I knew that, that we shared a passion for riding motorcycles. And, um, I, there is, there is something about the motorcycle community that is, I've found really, really beautiful as well. It's, it's certainly a point of connection like so many things are, uh, but then to be able to have those experiences and actually get out and ride together as a group can be really enjoyable. Do you, do you find that you are, connecting there with local motorcycle community in san diego were you part of one in
1: chicago as well no so we were not part well we went on a couple of events with uh with some other um um, motorcycle riders but on our trips we it's actually really just us together you know just spending time quality time Yeah,
2: because i think we're really hardcore when it comes to riding so we don't want like no offense. Like, we don't want somebody to slow us down or we slow somebody <laughs> else.
0: <laughs> oh, I love this. Okay, define define hardcore for me because this, this makes me really curious now.
2: So um, on our trip back home from Montana, like, I was still studying in school and school was about to start. And I got an email from my teacher that you have to have your textbook on the first day of school, which I know nobody cares about. Teachers don't ever check that. But I told Yannick, we have to be home like tonight so i can go to the bookstore when it opens up the next day so we literally rode a thousand miles in one day in one day just to get home so i can get my textbook no the next way.
0: day oh my goodness
2: so that's like motivation and determination nothing got in our way wow. <laughs> no high winds nothing
1: <laughs> yeah wow we rode yeah we were in the bmw school in southern california i broke my rib there in the you know the, you know uh while while training I still rode with a broken rib back to Chicago. Um, so yeah, we just, I, I guess nothing stops us. Wait, you here. rode
0: from Southern California back to Chicago? Uh,
1: southern, uh, I'm sorry, South, uh, south Carolina. Sorry. Uh, so,
0: okay, well, still, my goodness. <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: So so Nathan, if you are like hardcore like us, we would love to ride together. <laughs> oh, I'm absolutely down.
0: You know, actually, one of the things that I've talked about doing for, for a little while now, um, and I need to, to kind of put uh, action to my words, but Uh, is the idea of of getting a a charity ride together in the photography industry. So motorcycle riders that are part of the photography industry and, and getting together in a central location, um, you know, there are, I'm actually a member of, of a organization called Eagle Rider that enables you to rent motorcycles across the country and actually internationally oh, yes, yes. as well.
1: Yeah, I know. Yeah. We know that. We know that company. Yeah. Yes.
0: So meeting in a central location, maybe that has one of those places and, and, uh, we rent bikes and we ride for, you know, a day or two or however long, but, um, raise money for a particular charity or maybe multiple charities. And, and I think that'd be a really great opportunity, but nonetheless, I would certainly. Count count us in. We already in. Perfect. Well, and and I've had the opportunity already and I've only had my motorcycle license for a year, um, but I've had the opportunity uh, to ride out in California on the coast as well. And uh, so I may just have to make a special trip out there to, to ride with you guys. That sounds really, really fun.
2: That would be truly amazing. And also besides, even though we're not like so heavily involved in the motorcycle community yet, which we would like to be, one, a community that, we are very involved in is the dog community. We have two runners. Oh, beautiful. Yes. And uh, literally every time we step out, we meet new people just because we have dogs. Dogs are like total people magnets. Yes. And so we always have our business cards on us when we're walking our dogs. Yeah. And it really works.
0: Well, it's another opportunity for or a point of connection, I guess, that creates conversation, and and uh, that's that's lovely. Weimaraners are absolutely beautiful dogs. I had a good friend. I had a good friend that that had a uh, a Weimaraner for the longest time, and it was just an absolutely. I mean, not visually, just a gorgeous dog, but just a lovely personality as well. They're beautiful.
1: Yeah, in general, photographing dogs for us, it's like. <laughs> For me, it's just a passion. You know, I, I love doing it. We don't advertise really that we photograph dogs, but when we meet some nice ones that, you know, we enjoy interacting with, we just offer them sessions. So, so we, you know, so this is kind of combining our love for dogs and photography.
0: Absolutely. Well, this is, this is great. So sailing, motorcycles, dogs, obviously spending time with each other. You, you guys are so obviously passionate about each other. And I, I just love that love to see that in a couple because unfortunately it's not always common. Uh, but what do you do to kind of proactively create this time for yourself? Because you've, you're especially busy now that you're in a new market trying to build your business. What do you do in your business? Practical things. Maybe you can name a couple of them um, to create that freedom and flexibility so you have time to do these things that you're passionate about.
2: Well, definitely. So one of the major things is we respond to emails right away. We, we target to respond within an hour, but really we, we respond much faster than that because uh, in this like in this day or time and age, um, people are so advanced with technology and you know people learn to respond to emails much faster. So the faster we respond, the more likely we are to get to book that session. And then uh, we use the Boomerang app yes. application to follow up on emails. Yeah. So that has been a major game changer for us.
0: Now I have to ask a question about this because this it almost seems counterintuitive to me. When when I think about freedom and flexibility, the last thing that I want to do is be tied to my phone and email, in particular. In fact, I actually have notifi- email notifications turned off on my phone. I do have the luxury of having a staff that's that's overseeing customer service for a photographers at it. But um, mm. I I I'm just I don't like to be in email a ton. Now you guys have your own business, almost like a sole proprietorship, and so responding to email yourselves may be a bit more urgent, but or more important. Um, but how do you how do you kind of balance immediate response with also not getting sucked into your phone all
1: the time so we use um i don't remember the name of the app but we use uh, an app to uh for emails at least uh for uh, to create templates for everything that we write Got it. whether it's just partial partial sentences uh, or just whole email uh so that's it's a starting point for us to just uh you know to respond so that this way uh, you know we don't have to write the whole email right you know from scratch. We just do you know the template and then we just customize it for a specific person. And then I mean, in general we use we use templates as much as we can every everywhere, uh, whether it's emails, uh, proposals, bookings, you know in our system, and then translates them to um to the way that we edit photos. Uh, both in Lightroom, Photoshop or Capture One, we have everything uh, like presets or actions to make it as efficient as possible. Um, And also it helps us to be consistent the way we edit our photos. So we don't have to reinvent the wheel with every photo that we edit.
2: And then like when we are calling images from weddings or engagement sessions, Um, I take the time to tag our photos properly, which ones are keepers, our teasers, and which ones will be our blog feature, all like in one sitting, so that I don't have to go back later and take the time to do that. So that gives us more time for our personal hobbies also.
0: And so I'm, the theme that I'm hearing here is is automation and taking advantage of technology to automate, which I think is a really important point. It's very cost effective as well, because tools like Boomerang, I have a subscription to Boomerang, I think it's $5 a month, um, and it's a very effective tool. You can use it in, mm-hmm. in multiple ways, uh, but certainly as part of your automated workflow. And then uh, when you were talking about a tool that... that creates kind of templated responses i I use and have used for years now a program called text expander and they have it both for the mac uh, and they have i think a version for mobile as well apple actually built some of this functionality into their operating system recently where you can just type a few letters and it generates the text and uh, Mm -hmm. so you can you can save time by taking advantage of tools like that and then when you talk about calling. Um, I would say probably about 80 to 85% of our clients at Photographers Edit do their own culling work. They like to kind of control the process of what images are actually delivered to the client, and then they send us those keeper images, the selected images, to be processed. Um, but that culling process, and I, I know both from personal experience as well as talking to photographers, that many photographers kind of their their culling process is a multi-step process where they, they go through, they, they pick ones that stand out to them and they go back through and double check those ones that they picked and maybe add a couple more. I've heard photographer, maybe even multiple occasions of photographers say um, that they've gone back three or four times in the culling process. And I can only imagine how much time is wasted in that. So again, the fact that you've very proactively conscientiously gone into that culling process with a system you've got a plan in place uh, which is very reflective of your brand you did that in in your move to San Diego but you've got a plan in place this is how I'm going to go about it you know exactly how to tag those images you do a pass you sit down do it in one setting and you're done and that's a much more efficient way if you're going to handle your own calling that's a much more efficient way to go about it so that's that's
1: really great advice.
2: Definitely. Yeah, like a
1: few years ago, like I think it was it last year or two years ago, we read this book, the business book about Starbucks and how to The Starbucks
2: experience. The
1: Starbucks experience, yes. right? And then and also, you know, how to um that idea plus I, I remember we read and we we read a lot of business books. So, you know, there was another idea of treating your business uh as you know, like if you plan to uh sell your business as a franchise soon. So basically, document every process that you do right. and have it, you know, have it a repeatable process. So basically, that's how we look at our uh, everything that we do in our business as well. So this way, this helps us to be more organized and be more efficient. And this, you know, at the same time, if we ever need to outsource anything, we are ready to do it. Right. I mean, we we actually use your uh, photographer's edit, you know, before when we were we were busy. Yes. Uh, And yeah, we were just calling the images and then send all the images to you. And then we got the, you know, the the images within a few days back. And we were, you know, we always wow our clients how fast we can turn out those photos, you know, from the wedding. Yeah. That turnaround time makes a, a massive, massive difference because
0: ultimately it's about the experience. Right. If you have the opportunity, I mean. 95, even 98% of our clients, they don't know the difference between – they're not going to look at an image and say, hey, that there's a little too much magenta or, or a little too much cyan in that image. They're not looking for those yeah. details like we are. They want great imagery, no question, um, but they ultimately want a really great experience, and turnaround time is part of that. So, yeah, that's certainly one of the biggest benefits of outsourcing post-production. You mentioned the Starbucks Starbucks experience. Another great book about Starbucks is one called Onward. Uh, by Starbucks CEO Howard Schultz, and it was a really, really inspirational book for me. Certainly, one that I would even reread. It was that that good, that inspiring. Uh, and then when you talk about automating business or systematizing business business processes, almost like you're getting ready to sell your business, the E Myth or the E Myth Revisited. Um, yeah, exactly. Is, is That's a, the book. Yeah. yeah, it's a great resource. So uh, if our listeners, if you haven't read either of those or any of those three books, definitely check those out. And we'll make sure to link those in the show notes as well. This has been really, really wonderful of you guys to make so much time to sit down and have this conversation with us. I want to make sure that our listeners can find you online. So if you will share your website addresses and
1: also your Instagram so that they can find you. Yeah. So our uh, wedding photography is com, And I I know it's pronounced differently but it's spelled w-a-s-i-o uh, photography.com and our headshot site is vasiofaces.com on instagram we are just at vasio so w-a-s-i-o and we also have a youtube channel uh under Janek vasio where we post uh a lot of videos for photographers uh from lighting editing or anything behind the, scene. behind the scene printing. So you know, if any you know uh, anybody's interested in getting some more information or just learn something new, uh, you know the YouTube channel is a great uh, resource as well. Perfect. And what's the what's the extension? What's the YouTube uh, address for that? So it's basically YouTube.com/slash/c/slash/Yanek, Vashik, So it's W-A-S-I-E-K. So maybe if you can just link the leave Perfect. the link in the description, that will yes. be easier. I know it's the YouTube channel. Uh, address is not the most friendly right and,
2: now and Nathan this this has been such an honor for us We have been listening to your podcast religiously for the last three months since we've discovered podcasts <laughs> and We we were listening to your podcast on the day when we were moving in to San Diego into our place so this is like um, And a crazy experience for us to even be on your podcast
0: well, and I can't I can't express how excited I was to have you guys on. So it's truly my privilege. Um, and I have to thank our, our mutual friend, Lacey Altman, for uh, connecting us and uh, enabling this, this opportunity as well. But seriously, I, I, I can't thank you guys enough for making the time to sit down. You have so much to offer. And I'm going to make sure that uh, we link your websites as well as your YouTube channel, Instagram. We'll put all of that in the show notes as well as the resources we talked about today, the books and so forth. And uh, make sure that we link all of that in the show notes. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Yannick. Thank you, Sasha, so much. And I look forward to seeing you on the motorcycle soon.
2: Awesome. Oh, my gosh. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yes. Thank
1: you. Thank you so much. It was really, truly our pleasure and honor.
2: Yes.
0: <laughs> Thanks so much for listening to the Boca podcast. Please let us know what you thought by leaving us a review in iTunes. If you'd like to hear a particular photographer or entrepreneur in a future episode, don't hesitate to email me, nathan at photographersedit.com. The Boca Podcast is brought to you by Photographer's Edit, custom post-production for the wedding and portrait photographer. Visit photographersedit.com.